New Thought Media Network presents Pastor Michael Mangus with Friday's Fireside Chat, spiritual conversation for today. Here he is from the secret radio room, surrounded by thousands of watts, Pastor Michael Mangus. Well, good evening to everyone across the United States and around the world. It is time once again for another fun-filled, thrill-packed, and always exciting edition of the Fireside Chat. Here on the New Thought Media Network, I am Pastor Michael Mangus, broadcasting from a secure concrete bunker in the secret radio room that only myself, Diego, and also Reverend Dr. Charlotte Manning. Those are the only two people I've told. I may tell Reverend Dr. Raymond tonight, but again, you know, he may have to go through the secret initiation. So, But uh, we have a wonderful show for you this evening. Please feel free to interact with us. This show is two-way by posting your comments below here on Facebook. And again, if you just want to write me a letter, just tell me that you're watching or listening to the show. Again, contact me by email, please, at pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com, pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. The purpose of our fireside chat is this, to talk about contemporary issues from a new thought perspective. And as I keep saying here, I want us all to have a new thought about what is going on around us, not only here in the U.S., but also around the world. As I rattle the paper, so I went down the hallway past programming to the legal department, which is the offices right before engineering on the right-hand side. And I went in there to ask them a question, and they said, shh. Here they had on all the monitors (laughs) the impeachment trial from the Senate. So they're all watching, all right? So they said, send us an email and get out of here. (laughs) But they did send me an email that said, please read your disclaimer. From the legal department of the New Thought Media Network, the views and opinions expressed by the host and his guests are their own. They do not represent the views and opinions necessarily of the New Thought Media Network, Centers for Spiritual Living, Reverend Robert, my wonderful producer Diego, or Callie, my pet cat. As they say in the 12-step recovery program, Take what you like and leave the rest. And now back to our regular programming. (laughs) So as I was taught in ministerial school, my job as a spiritual leader is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And this is exactly what this show does. So I always tell people that if something comes up, during the show that makes you feel 
uncomfortable, maybe it's something for you to take a look at for your own spiritual growth that needs to be healed. Our special guest this evening in the second half of our show is the lead minister at the Greater Baltimore Center for Spiritual Living, the Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. He will share his comments in response to one of our viewers a few weeks ago. Raymond had such good comments. I said, well, I could read them, or I could just have Raymond on the show. So that's what we're doing this evening. So thank you to Reverend Dr. Raymond for being on the show tonight. So we shall have him on hopefully around 25 after. So beginning with the news here, we are still dealing with COVID-19. Hi, Tracy. Good to see you tonight here on the New Thought Media Network. From the CDC, the numbers from yesterday, total number of cases, 27 million. 229,862. The new cases since yesterday, 102,004 new cases. Cases in the last seven days, 706,574. The total number of deaths, including my mother, 473,699. We are currently having, a few weeks ago, we had an average of 4,000 deaths per day. It's starting to go down now to, since yesterday, we've had 3,589 new deaths. Now, my purpose in sharing the numbers here is not to make you feel bad, but for us just to be aware of what is going on around us. We are still in the midst of this, of this COVID-19 pandemic. And there are plenty of things that we can do, both physically and spiritually, to take care of ourselves and also other people. So what you need to know from CNN The UK coronavirus variant could impact the epidemic curve and lead to more restrictions in Europe if it becomes a dominant strain, a World Health Organization official warned. The top infectious disease expert here in the United States, Dr. Fauci, said that the country may be able to vaccinate the majority of Americans by the middle or end of summer. More states are loosening the COVID-19 restrictions, including Ohio. There is not a curfew anymore, so the bars can stay open now in restaurants until 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Even as experts warn, the country is still not in the clear, especially as the variants spread. And we saw with some of the Super Bowl parties last weekend is that, again, that people are gathering, however, again, that they're not taking precautions especially outside. Double masking can significantly improve protection against the virus. That's what the new CDC data shows. 
Again, from CNN, double masking can block 92% of the infectious particles. I'll just briefly go through this article here. And again, anything that I mention on this show, again, that's the reason I give the source for it, is because then I want you to go back and read the whole thing because we just don't have time to go through the whole thing. But from the CNN article, it says double masking can make significant improved protection which is new data from the U.S. CDC and prevention shows. Researchers have found that layering a cloth mask over a medical procedural mask, such as a disposable blue surgical mask, can block 92.5 of the potentially infectious particles from escaping by creating a tighter fit and eliminating leakage. From CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, as she was speaking at a White House briefing, she said, this experimental data reinforces the CDC prior guidelines that everyone two years of age or older should wear a mask when in public or around others in the home not living with you. Walensky also says she, she says that we continue to remind that masks should have two or more layers, completely cover your nose and mouth and fit snugly against your nose and the sides of your face. Continuing on, it says that medical procedure masks, like the commonly seen blue surgical masks, typically do not fit securely over the face and also creates gaps, allowing unfiltered air to escape. A fitted cloth mask can act as a cinch and secure the loose medical mask in place, and this improves protection by preventing leakage of unfiltered air and particles, and it better protects the wearers and those around them. And again, what they're finding out, and again, I'll just go ahead and paraphrase this, they're finding out if you go ahead and you put knots towards the mask, and what that does, again, that gives better protection using the mask. The study also found that when both an infected and unaffected sources were wearing double masks, the cumulative exposure from potentially infectious aerosols of the unaffected person was reduced by 96.4%, which is extremely good. When both people were knotted and tucked masks alone, the cumulative exposure was reduced by 95.9%. Wolinski also says, she says, I want to be clear that these new scientific data released today do not change the specific recommendations on who should wear a mask or when they should wear one, but they do provide more information on why a well-fitting mask is so important to protect yourselves and others. Dr. John Brooks, who is the Chief Medical Officer of the CDC COVID-19 Response, who worked on this study, described the findings as new information for consumers to help them really take control of the risk. If you're going to wear a mask, Brooks told CNN, consider what you can do to make sure that it fits well to improve its performance. Masks become an important part of the coronavirus response when it was discovered that the virus could be transmitted by asymptomatic carriers. That's people that don't even know that they're carrying the virus. It was initially a scramble to get people to wear masks last spring 
and some experts have spent the last year conducting studies providing that masks could prevent the spread of coronavirus. We never had to think about regulating cloth masks. Now, White House Press Secretary said on Wednesday that there is no formal recommendation that people wear two masks, but considering a range of options when it comes to getting masks to Americans. Dr. Brooks also said he says he does believe that having a consumer mask standard in place could move the manufacturing market in the right direction, which is ultimately what is needed to ensure consumer protection. Also from CNN, here's some wonderful Here's a wonderful question to ask. It says, with the coronavirus variants here, should I get the vaccine? And I will shorten Dr. Leanna Wynn's answer. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Again, consider all the scientific data. And again, as for me and my house, we are getting the vaccine. Dr. Wynn says it may be months and even a booster shot may require that you have completed the vaccine series. If you have the opportunity to get the vaccine now, you should do so to protect yourself. Remember that the vaccines we have are still effective against the variants. And also in the news, it says the Pfizer shot triggers strong immune responses to the new variants. A study has shown that people who have received two doses, not just one, okay, but two doses of the Pfizer vaccine show a strong immune response to the COVID-19 variants first described in the United Kingdom and also in South Africa. So what can we do about this? First of all is that we're not victims here. There are things that we can do here, both physically and also mentally and spiritually here, to get us through this time. As I said last week, follow the science here. Wear a mask and consider a double one that fits your face. Watch your distance, please. Wash your hands, 20 seconds. Crack open a window and insist that others outside your bubble wear a mask in your home. I know it's difficult especially asking close family members who are outside of your bubble to do that. But again, that you are just keeping yourself safe by doing that and also other people. And again, I'm asking everyone here, please study the science before deciding not to take the vaccine. Again, as I said before, as for me and my house, we will get vaccinated when it is our turn. However, the, the whole idea of everything is this. We will all get through this if we learn how to guide our thinking. And again, like I said last week, instead of thinking that you are trapped inside, Think that you are keeping yourself and others safe inside. Find ways to take care of yourself. And again, many individuals that I know, in my circles, use this time to deepen their spiritual practice, 
to use this time also to talk to a minister and or a practitioner, to still stay active in their spiritual communities through Zoom. This is a wonderful time here to really get in touch and to really feel that spiritual part of us. Again, instead of focusing on what you can't do, focus on what you can do, which is, again, take a walk outside, work on household projects. There's a lot of things that you can do, so focus on that. And again, remember to socially distance does not mean to socially isolate. Stay in contact with others through phone calls and also Zoom. Please know that there's light at the end of the tunnel here. And again, for a while, we're still going to have to wear a mask. Also know that even with the vaccine, it will take a while to achieve what's called herd immunity. So again, give the vaccine a chance to work for six weeks. But again, that the, the, the science of this, what I've read, has been very good. And again, pray with me the outcome so that we can go back to somewhat normal. I don't think that we are going to return to normal. I think that we're undergoing a very radical shift. Shift is happening here. And it has hit the fan. I didn't say that bad word. <laughs> please, for goodness sakes, please take this seriously here. We will all get through this. If we guide our thinking, we watch our thinking. And again, this is a time to be blessed, not burned here. All right? Thank you for joining us this evening. You're in tune here on the New Thought Media Network here on Facebook and also YouTube. To the Friday evening fireside chat, I am Pastor Michael Mangus, and we are talking about the news this evening. Our special guest here in about 10 minutes will be Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson from Baltimore, Maryland. We'll be speaking on a subject that we spoke on a few weeks ago. And again, his comments in the chat were wonderful. So again, I didn't want to just read his comments. I wanted him on the show. But we will talk about those comments here in just a few moments. So my producer, Diego, says, are you going to talk about the impeachment trial in Congress? And I told Diego, of course I am. <laughs> From CNN, Biden says he's anxious to see what the Republicans will do in the impeachment trial. President Joe Biden said on Friday that he's anxious to see how Senate Republicans will vote in the impeachment trial and whether they will still stand up. I'm just anxious to see what my Republican friends do if they stand up, Biden told CNN in his first comments about the impeachment trial since the House impeachment managers rested their case on Thursday. Biden says he does not plan to speak with any senators about the trial or how they will vote. Biden answered two questions from CNN. 
outside the West Wing after making an impromptu visit to the North Lawn to see this wonderful display here. The likeness of candy hearts set up by First Lady Jill Biden in celebration of Valentine's Day. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Diego, for bringing that up. Kindness, healing, compassion, love, and courage. It's a wonderful way to spend Valentine's Day here. The president's comments came as former President Donald Trump's second impeachment trial is underway in the Senate. House impeachment managers have spent two days presenting the case to senators, arguing that Trump incited the insurrectionists who stormed the U.S. Capitol and failed to act to stop the riot as it unfolded. Trump's lawyers have argued today in the Senate chambers for three hours that the trial of a former president is unconstitutional and that Trump's speech on January 6th did not incite the rioters. The Senate has completed their work for the day with a question and answer session and will reconvene tomorrow, Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a vote at approximately 3 p.m. Eastern time. House impeachment managers this week aired disturbing and gripping footage showing rioters violently attacking officers and then coming dangerously close to reaching lawmakers. And then Vice President Mike Pence as they fled the House and Senate. I've viewed some of those videos. Five people, including a Capitol Police officer, died in the riot at the Capitol. Despite the national spotlight being on Trump's impeachment trial, the White House has stressed that it is focused on carrying out President Biden's agenda, including passing the president's sweeping coronavirus relief bill. Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg met with a bipartisan group of senators at the White House on Thursday to talk about infrastructure. Biden said this, he says, we all know that we have to move on. Today, it's about jobs and infrastructure. The president, who has not explicitly weighed in on whether he believes Trump should be convicted, said Thursday, I think the Senate has a very important job to complete, and I think my guess is that some mind may have been changed, but I don't know. We won't know until the final vote tomorrow. Watching and listening to parts of the trial this week has been extremely interesting. I mentioned stories like this here in the Fireside Chat, not to be political, but for us to be mindful of what's going on around us. Let's know that I talk about current events. For us to be able to know what the truth is metaphysically for our nation and also the world. Dr. Ernest Holmes' prayer for our nation is one to include in your daily devotions, and you can go ahead and download that from the internet. Let's understand that we are in a time of great shift and transformation. And just like the birthing process, we're glad when the baby is here, but the mother goes through an extreme amount of pain. And this past year, because that we have had to stay at home, has brought up many issues of 
systematic racism, the widening gap between the rich and the poor, and also inadequate health care. This is why that I have said week after week that not only must we know in prayer a peaceful world that does work for everyone, but we also must encourage everyone to raise their voices in support of women, people of color, the financially disadvantaged, and our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. When there is oppression in one group, there is oppression of all. I'll say that again. When there is an oppression of one group, there is oppression of all. Now, we can say all we want, that all oh, we're one, and listen to the minister on Sunday mornings or talk to the practitioners. Oh, we're all one. So let us honor the divinity of all by praying for, treating, and also moving our feet or working for a world that does work for everyone. And I know here in a few moments, and our special guest, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson, will have more to discuss on that. But again, if you just wondered of what you've stumbled onto here, <laughs> this is the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here at the New Thought Media Network. Oh, we have all kinds of wonderful things to announce here. Yours truly is currently parking himself at Summit CSL in Akron, Ohio. For more information, go to summitcsl.org. There you will find all kinds of information about our wonderful Sunday gathering online at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific time. And I know for you people on the West Coast, that is early. People do wake up at that time. <laughs> so grab your cup of coffee, your tea, your espresso, your chai, and please join us. I really believe that we have one of the best services in New Thought. And this Sunday, we will have our annual Valentine's Day celebration. Our own John Miller will be providing the message and the music on love. So please go to summitcsl.org for more information on how to join our Zoom call, or you may go ahead and go on our Facebook page at the Summit Spiritual Center of Akron, and there we go ahead and archive it and also rebroadcast it. I'm currently open for individual practitioner sessions. Would like to book one. Also Sunday speaking. It's really cool because I can speak anywhere using this wonderful camera. And also, I love doing ceremonies, weddings, and all kinds of cool stuff. So again, if you email me at PastorMichaelMangus at gmail.com, PastorMichaelMangus at gmail.com, for more information, that would be absolutely wonderful. All kinds of stuff happening here at the New Thought Media Network. Monday morning visioning here at 7 a.m. That's Mountain Time. The Cosmic Prayer live from the U.K. with Laura Topper. And I guess she's going to 
risk her broadcasting career in a couple of weeks and have me on <laughs> as a guest. Oh, my. She's a brave woman. Laura Topper, love her to death. Uh, that is uh, Cosmic Prayer Life from the UK. Uh, the Peace Circle is at 4 p.m. That All these times are mountain time. We have Mystical Writers Hangout at 7 a.m. Mountain Time on Tuesdays. Treasures from the Down with Reverend Jody at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. New Thought Today with Reverend Z and also Reverend Robert at 2 p.m. Every day we have morning prayers at 8.15 with the prayer team. We have a wonderful midweek meditation with Reverend Robert at 7 a.m. Monday through Friday, a daily sip of Spirit in Action with Reverend Melissa. That's at 8.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Her wonderful program, Living Life with Joy, is at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays. Feel the Flow with Terry Paul Choice is at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time on NewThoughtMedia.org. All kinds of wonderful things that we have here. Evening prayers, again, at 8.15 with the prayer team. Jersey Girl Wisdom with Reverend Dr. Michelle Wadley at uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Ministers Talking Stuff. That stuff that hits the fan. <laughs> at 7 a.m. Mountain, again with Reverend Robert and also Reverend Z. We also have a collective peace meditation, Arts of Peace meditation, on 9 a.m. on Fridays, Mountain Time. Camille Conti at 8 p.m. on the New Thought Media Network, at newthoughtmedia.org. The Fireside Chat, yours truly. And wonderful guest every Friday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain. This is really wonderful. The Science of Mind and Spirit Lecture Series at 9 a.m. We have different ministers and practitioners going through the Science of Mind textbook and then giving their thoughts and comments on it. How wonderful. Feel the Flow rebroadcast with Terry Paul Choice at 10.30 a.m. on Saturdays. And again, it's Diego Reyes with Spirit Says Sing. That's at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, all here on the New Thought Media Network. All kinds of wonderful things here. As I ta was talking with Ray Reverend Dr. Raymond beforehand, again, the church has left the building. <laughs> we have expanded into this wonderful world of the internet. And through this wonderful technology, we are able to broadcast from our homes. Something that we could not do 20 or 30 years ago. But all the things that I've said, again, are for your upliftment. So I ask you, please, if you could consider a very generous donation to the New Thought Media Network. Your money is used 100% to get this message of love and hope and peace out there during a time in which we need a little love and peace and joy. So again, please consider being a monthly partner with us. And also, if you have a church or organization that would like a rebroadcast of their program, 
we are offering packages that we are working with currently a couple of centers and again on producing their Sunday morning broadcast. If you would like to affiliate with us again, we make it low cost to you. And we're able to do that because of wonderful people like yourself who generously support this network. Again, please feel free to make a generous donation. Your money not only, again, blesses you by the giving, but also blesses the world. All right? It's my honor to present right now our very special guest. If I spent... <laughs> the whole time reading his wonderful bio, we would be here until 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to hit some highlights here. Uh, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson has been frequently referred to as a Renaissance man and a visionary thought leader, as a lifelong learner with a passion for self-development, personal transformation, transmutation, and self-awakening. He lives his bliss as a teacher, mentor, speaker, minister, and a lot more. Currently, he serves as a senior minister of the Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore. Within the Centers for Spiritual Living organization, he has also briefly served as one of the several commissioners in the CSL Diversity and Inclusion Committee, working briefly on the steering committee for the CSL World Ministry of Prayer. And in June 2020, during the Reimagined Summit, Reverend Dr. Raymond had the distinct honor and pleasure of being on the global panel with several esteemed colleagues in the CSL movement. All kinds of wonderful things about this, again, currently serves on the board of the Centers for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore. Has a very active ministry on the East Coast, again, uh, going up and down, especially when uh, COVID wasn't happening, but I know that he's still doing it via Zoom. Uh, going up and down the, uh, the East Coast and, again, spreading his wonderful message. He has more degrees than I know to, to say. I just wanted to read this last paragraph because I really like this. It says, Ray continues to be ever vigilant, walking the walk and talking the talk by living as authentically and transparently as possible to honor those he loves, his father, his mother, his sons, his grandchildren, brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, and the entire ohana, which is Hawaiian for family. By being the change that Gandhi spoke of, Ray intends each day to live fully, freely, using each breath to serve the universal whole in love and compassion. My honor to present to you here one of my wonderful colleagues, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. There honor, you go, sir. Honor to be with you and the community. Yes. We're about to have fun. <laughs> so I wanted to have you on. Mm -hmm. because of your wonderful comments that happened a few weeks ago right. when I read and also commented on the following post on Facebook. <laughs> when I started to talk about uh, being socially active. So this gentleman goes ahead and writes, this movement is so divisive now and hijacked by the far leftists to promote their agenda of victimism and divide. 
listen to the teachers of New Thought prior to 2000, they never allowed this non-truth. Now, I responded a little bit, and he responded back. He says, thanks for the offer. I spent my first 30 years plus in religious science churches. I left with the tens of thousands who left the movement in the 90s, of which I was very active in the 90s, and I don't recall a massive shift in population. But again, like all of those who left, this gentleman goes on, we now watch or attend progressive Christian churches that actually teach mind science and use spiritual psychology that the centers or churches once did. He goes on, he says, my family lived the history of the movement. My grandmother knew Ernest and many of the teachers in the LA area. My mother spent her lunches with Bill Hornaday at Founders Church of Religious Science. I also attended New Thought megachurches in South California and across America that no longer exist. I think he was a member of Peggy Bassett's church, but I'm not sure. His next comment was this. He says, I see you are fairly new to New Thought. <laughs> so let me stop there and give my own comments. I've been in this stuff for 40 years. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I go on here. I His recommendation to me was, I suggest that you research how the movement grew so much during the Depression, World Wars, and through the 60s. Never did the movement or our teaching ever focus on the periods of challenge or social agenda. They stayed to the principles of divine mind and law. And then he asked me a question, have you ever heard of Reverend Ike or Dr. Johnny Coleman, of course, who had the black mega churches? He says, listen to what they taught during the 1960s, that race was never given any attention. Listen to Ayanna Van Zandt, or Derek Wells, of which who I've met, who are well-known Black teachers today of New Thought, that don't touch the race card like you have. Your comments, Reverend Dr. Raymond. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to start with one of those phrases that we often say in CSL, religious science, since socially active, treat and move your feet. Doesn't say treat and have a seat. It says treat and move your feet. Now, that's being active. That's getting out there and acting as if that is what you have prayed is already answered prayer. Now, socially, we are social organism. Humans are social beings. The story in the Bible of the Good Samaritan was someone who is socially active, who saw a wounded person on the side of the road and rather than doing what everyone else that walked by did, oh, I will simply step over them. Oh, I will walk around them. Oh, I will avert my eyes. Oh, this is not my problem. Clearly, if he had done something better with his prayer or his life, 
or he must have attracted this for the law of attraction works that way for him. So that's his to deal with, not mine. But the Good Samaritan, the reason that is emphasized as a parable by Yeshua, the, the leader of mind science in that period, is because what he is saying is, look, there comes a time when you have to step off of your Sadducees and Pharisees throne of this is not mine to do. Well, thus I shall not touch it. You have to come off of that lily white throne of I don't touch, I don't deal with, I don't, they're the untouchables, they're the prostitutes, they're the tax gatherers, etc. You have to come down and be with the people. That's the lesson of the Good Samaritan, among other things, but it is be involved. And now, not only did the Good Samaritan help this individual, took him somewhere to get treatment, but paid the innkeeper to say, look, I'm getting ready to go. Here's money to make sure that his treatment can continue so that he will, because I, I can't stay. Make sure that he gets well and goes about his business so he can live happily. If that's not a lesson of being socially active, then what we are engaged in is a, a, a teaching of spiritual masturbation. It is simply about self-enjoyment, self-growth, and that's all. And if that's the case, then there should be no centers. There's no need to gather money for tithes, to create programs for outreach or to, to help the seniors or to help, like, there's no need. There's no need for a building. There's no need for fellowship hall. There's no need for any of that. If it's all about I, 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 me, 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 and that me, me, me never becomes we, 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 then all we're going to do is cry all the way home. So, Rima, so how do you address individuals? And the reason I read this was because, again, I have heard comments from some of my fellow students from Holmes Institute about how their centers, the ministers do not encourage any kind of social action. They are discouraged from doing that. They're just encouraged to work on their own consciousness like Reverend Ike and Dr. Coleman mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're just encouraged just to save themselves. So your comments. So a couple of things. One, I was recently on Unity Online Radio and had a conversation with Reverend Galen McDowell, who was brought up in the teaching of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, and he reminded me in that conversation that she would often remind the students, you cannot, because she would, she referenced this department store that no longer is there, but I'll use uh, Sears as an example. You cannot go to Sears and use an affirmation to buy a dress. In other words, you have to put principle into practice in order to buy this dress or buy this car. Simply praying and that's all, that's not enough. Holding seeds in my hand and praying for them to grow, it's not enough. If I want these seeds to grow, then they must be planted in nutrient-rich soil, given sunlight and water in order for them to engage in this involution of natural law to grow. So if a minister chooses themselves not to be involved, that is their prerogative. Not everyone, because I often tell people, even during the civil rights movement, 
Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. knew that not everybody was going to be able to go on the front lines. Not everybody could go sit at a Woolworth counter and have hot coffee and stuff poured on them without reacting back. So what can you do? You can answer phones. What can you do? You do envelopes. What can you do? You pray. What can you do? You march with us. Everyone in the movement has that which is theirs to do. Spirit is individualizing itself in, through, and as each and every one of us. That means if someone feels it is theirs to do to sign a petition or to visit Congress and speak or whatever it is, including join a Black Lives Matter march, if that's what they feel is theirs to do, that's theirs to do. And I, as a minister, it is not my job to discourage them from doing what they feel is theirs to do. If they are engaging in something that I feel is a dangerous practice, then of course I will advise against that as pastoral counseling and their, and their minister. But if they're involved in a nonviolent, a peaceful protest, a march for peace, then are they not stepping out there to be the change? Don't pray, just pray for change. Don't just meditate for change. Be it. And if you're going to be it, then it means showing up fully in, through, and as that. So for me, it's each person find that place within yourself where you, what resonates? What is mine to do? How do I, maybe that's courageous and awkward conversations. Maybe that is going to a march. Whatever that is for you, that is yours to figure out. But to tell someone, so you feel called to be an ER surgeon, why would you want to do that? Of all the things you could do, that's not yours to do. It's not ours to tell them what is theirs to do. Spirit is incarnating as them. My job as their minister is to assist them in nurturing that and pouring into their life so that they can do what they are here to do, demonstrating their spiritual magnificence. I think my experience is that many of us avoid this because we are afraid to engage. Many of us don't really treat and move our feet because it's uncomfortable to have those conversations about race and sexism and homophobia and xenophobia. It's uncomfortable to engage in conversations about politics. It's uncomfortable. That's why, as a culture, we say, here's a list of things that we will never talk about. Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. Like we've got, don't talk about money. We have a list of things we don't talk about. But if we are going to be divine beings, having a divine experience that we call human, then that means all of these untalkable things are how God shows up. God shows up as politics, as money, as sex as God shows up in all of this, because there's not a spot where God is not. Right. So why do we not engage God at that level in all of those places? So if you're wondering what we are discussing this evening, hi, this is the uh, Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. We have as our special guest, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson from Baltimore, Maryland. So I, I wanted to ask about... So this gentleman commented about, told me to go study the history of New Thought. And so 
I did. <laughs> and what I found out was, especially back in the late 1800s and early 1900s, Emma Curtis Watkins, uh, Hopkins, also um, uh, Wallace Waddles, they were highly involved in the social movement. And I, again, that I think that by us not having these loving conversations with in our group, and see, that's one of the nice things about the the, the fine work of the uh, Diversity and Inclusion Committee of CSL, is it, it it's provided opportunities for communities to be able to quit denying the elephant in the room and for us to have honest conversations about these issues within our communities. And as I said a few weeks ago, that Centers for Spiritual Living, Religious Science, we've had our share of racism within our organization that we've had to repent of. Right. That, again, that we've had to say, listen, it, it was not right then for, mm -hmm. for it to happen at all. So, Yeah, I mean, okay, so first of all, Ernest Holmes says uh, in Living the Science of Mind, uh, in the science of mind, we do not say that everything is all right when it is all wrong, right? So we, we're not denying it. That's from Holmes. Holmes said that if this situation, this experience, this condition is showing up, then we're not going to sidestep it and bypass and say, that's just an illusion. We're going to address it. So let's three steps back because Emma Curtis Hopkins also says in one of her books, she refers to a young uh, African-American girl, one, as colored, two, that her kinky hair, they prayed for it to go straight and the prayer was answered. Now, today, that would not be accept acceptable, right? But during that time period, it was normal to one, refer to her as colored, and two, to even dare to say, we'll pray for her hair to be made straight. Why does it need to be made straight? Because then that implies that her natural African-American hair being kinky is wrong. Then in another place, same book, she refers to someone as a Kaffir, which is a South African word for nigger. That would not fly to that today either. So just because we exalt people of the past, I mean, we exalt people in unity, but the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman was not permitted to stay on, on campus during the time that she was a student there and working towards her ordination because it was segregated. And it wasn't until many years later that unity came back and repented of or atoned for that, right? But why did why did they not? Because it was the, it was the law of the land. Today we have a different law of the land. There are many things that are interplayed today, even within our own movement. It wasn't that long ago that a group of ministers would not unanimously say, we as a movement will do engage in marriage equality and marry LGBTQ folks. That wasn't that long ago. It's only been recently that that's even become something where we're engaging in the conversation more. And if prayer was enough, since we're going to talk Emma Curtis Hopkins, Ernest Holmes, Charles Myrtle Fillmore, uh, and uh, Troward, 
in all, name every single trailblazer of the movement of new thought. You can go back to Phineas Parkhurst Quimby and way back. I don't care how far you go back. If all it took was prayer, then why are we still wrestling with these issues today? If they have the consciousness to fix it, then why is there still racism, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia, etc. today? Why are we still many centers struggling financially? If their prayers were enough, no movement, no social engagement, no action, just pray, do your own work. They did their work. They, Emma Curtis Hopkins was the teacher of teachers. Hundreds of people, hundreds, possibly thousands of people that she influenced and taught. If they were enough, then why are we not already in a world that works for all, where all of this thing, poverty, homelessness, etc., education, no child left behind shouldn't even be a phrase. But we have it as a phrase because we know that there are some children who are left behind. So if we're going to do the work, see, one of the things that where we're, where we're missing this is we don't talk about, like you said, the elephant in the room. We don't really practice principle to the degree that we could because it's easier to cotton candy, glitter, unicorns and rainbows, magic, this whole idea of, you know, what do we call it in law of attraction? Princes, parking spaces and palaces. It's all about manifesting I, 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 me, me, me. What do I want? What do I need? We are so inwardly focused that we're, it's what we used to say when I was a fundamental Christian was, you are so uh, heavenly focused, whatever, that you're no earthly good. But it also says in scripture to be in the world, but not of it. Bring that consciousness of universality, oneness, the infinite magnitude of what it means to be open at the top and demonstrate it. One of the reasons Reverend Ike and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman and folks like them in their congregations did not speak about certain things the way we're addressing it is because it's not the same conversation. I do not have an addiction, never had, had an addiction to alcohol. If I have a conversation with someone who has or is currently in that condition, it's a different conversation. But if I'm having a conversation with someone who, like me, doesn't partake, has never been addicted, we can talk about alcoholism, but it's a different conversation. Now, if I am someone who is in AA, in an AA meeting with other people in AA, then it's a different conversation. Our experience of the situation and the condition is different. We use different language in much the same way that if you go to your physician and you complain about this, you're going to call it your shoulder. But your doctor, when talking to other medical professionals, will say something about the deltoid, the scapula, the clavicle. They use different language. So in a predominantly black church, it's a different conversation. Well, again, that that's that's one of the reasons why, again, that yours truly, and thank you for joining in the conversation this evening, that, again, we need to be having these kind of conversations within our organization. 
and that also we need to also study the history also uh, about, again, you know, being active and involved. We, we are all out of time, Reverend Dr. Raymond. I'll have to have you on and we can continue the conversation. Um, his information is, uh, Diego's going to put that up, RaymondAnderson.com if you want more information about Reverend Dr. Raymond. Uh, also look up uh, um, Greater Baltimore CSL. Again, more information about him there. My brother, my friend, thank you so very much. Thank you for being a light. Thank you for coming on the program and, ex and explaining that. I, I hope that our friend uh, at least uh, will hear that. And I hope that other people in New Thought will also hear what we just said this evening and will have a new thought about this discussion. Again, uh, Dr. Raymond, thank you so very much. Really love you and appreciate you. Thank you. All right. So it is that time to go, man. Time flies when you're having fun here. Again, remember uh, that we are here for you at the New Thought Media Network. If you'd like prayer, like to talk to someone again if you go on our uh, our website which is ntmedia.org lots of information about what we do here and again join us on sunday mornings uh, at uh, summit csl we have a wonderful program for valentine's day happy valentine's day to everyone let's truly practice the love that myself and also raymond talked about this evening let's practice that love towards one another. Let's let's see the divine in each and every person, no matter what their race, creed, or color. From all of us here in Akron to all of you, this is Pastor Michael Mangus wishing you a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us this evening for Friday's Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Join us again next week at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain for more spiritual conversations for today. For more information and replays of past shows, please visit the New Thought Radio and Media Network's Facebook page. Until next week, may God bless you richly and abundantly.